Well, it's lovely to be back here uh, in sunny Hailsham, although it hasn't sunshined actually, but to be back here in Hailsham and uh, to meet up with family and to, and to meet up with you, that's uh, really brilliant. I've learnt something new from Simon this morning, is you need to preach the notices, not just give the notices. I thought he did that very well. A good quarter of an hour preach there. <laughs> and can I just say to Ray, I will try not to talk and talk and talk uh, this morning. Uh, if you just watch Sue, my wife, there, there she is. She does that. She just keeps doing that. When she's had enough, she's like, I've had enough. Stop. <laughs> so uh, we'll try not to do that. Okay. Uh, let's just pray. Uh, Father God, uh, um, you hear us pray uh, sometimes. Jesus, I want more of you. We even sing it. Jesus, I want more of you. But the truth is, you're praying exactly the same prayer. You're saying that, Ken, I want more of you. Ken, I want more of you. Ken, I want more of you. And I pray this morning you'd get more of us. Get more of us, Lord. Grab a hold of us by your word. Arrest us at the beginning of this year. Take us into hand that we transform this town, that the spiritual temperature of Hailsham would soar this year in the streets, in the supermarkets, in the workplaces, in the schools, that the, in the health places, that actually the spiritual temperature would rise in the, in the council offices. Lord, begin it today. Get more of us, get more of us, get more of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. John chapter 5. I, I love the book of John. We've been going through John in our own church. And uh, last year, this was the, the thing I'm bringing you today was the thing which grabbed me more than anything else last year as we went through the year. And I felt as I prayed for you that God wanted this word for you this morning. So um, I really feel I am bringing the word of the Lord. Well, that's for you to weigh. John 5. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, paralyzed, one man was there who'd been an invalid for 38 years. That's a long time. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, sir, I've no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, get up. This is the word. This is the word today. Get up. It literally means rise. The word literally means rise to another level. Get up. Take up your bed. Again, that literally means remove your bed from that place. 
so that you can't go back to it. Give up your place. Take up your bed. And walk. And again, the word is peripateo, and I think you know what that means. It doesn't mean simply walking. It means going places, walking around, moving around, covering a large area. And at once, the man was healed. Beautiful word that's used there. At once, the man was healed, and he took up his bed, and he walked. Now, that day was the Sabbath. Here come the religious guys now. So the Jews, they always tend to move in quickly on these situations. <laughs> so the Jews said to the man who'd been healed, it's the Sabbath. It's not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, the man who healed me, they noticed details like that, religious people. The man who healed me, that man said to me, take up your bed and walk. They asked him, who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? No, the man who had been healed did not know who it was. For Jesus had withdrawn as there was a crowd in the place. Afterwards, that means a multitude, by the way, a crowd there. Um, afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see, you're well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who'd healed him. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, and if you go through John's Gospel, Jesus did this again and again and again. Read the feeding of the 5,000. He really does it there. But Jesus answered them, my father is working until now, and I am working. In other words, he escalated the, the battle between the religious and himself. He actually poured petrol on the argument. And if that wasn't enough, uh, it goes on. This, is, this was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. Because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. And, uh, uh, and Jesus uh, didn't go on and pacify them. He went on and escalated the situation even more. But that's not the main topic that I'm going for. I'm, I'm going for the topic to get up, rise up, get to another level. Take up your bed, remove your place from around that pool and walk, walk around, go somewhere, do something, have some purpose. Have some purpose in, in your life and, uh, and get uh, moving on. I, I was really, uh, really moved just a few weeks ago. This is, uh, some of the people my age and older will remember these people, this person and everyone else will think, who's that? Uh, we, we had Marilyn Baker. Is anybody remember Marilyn Baker? Hey, look at that. Oh, this is a real church. Anyway, that's <laughs> Marilyn Baker came. I just saw her on TBN with Tracy Williamson. And, uh, and this is a totally blind lady and a lady who's had hydrocephalus and is, is profoundly deaf and has difficulty moving. Moves like this. When she's on the microphone, she's, she's like this with the microphone and she's trying to stand at the microphone. Sorry, I've broken your stand. Anyway, <laughs> but they came to our church. I just saw them on TBN and thought, God is on those people. I tell you, God was on these people. A blind lady and a deaf lady 
who doesn't hear people but hears God gets words of the Lord uninterrupted by the words of other people. <laughs> and they're so bang, the words from God that she gets. They just straight to the point in, in people's lives. And, uh, and, and I thought of this scripture when they came. I thought, because they, they explained that to them, when they were growing up, spoken over their lives, constantly by their family members, were, you're useless, you're rubbish, you'll never amount to anything. You're blind. You're disabled. You're deaf. I mean, nothing's going to come out of your life. That was the words that were spoken over them. They shared that when they were with us. And now, look at what God's doing with them right, right into old age. Using them to save people, heal people, transform people, encourage people, inspire people. Hallelujah. So don't let anybody from the beginning of this message say, oh, it's one of those messages. That doesn't apply to me. I'm in the older category. No. It applies to you till our dying breath. Let's rise up. Take up our bed and walk. Let's live with purpose till God takes our life away and we go to be with him. The word for healing here that's used again and again in this chapter um, is actually the word means he made him whole. It, it, it's much more than a power encounter. Yes, this man had a power encounter. The power of Jesus moved upon this man and he was healed physically. Yes, that's true. But the word that's used to describe his healing means much more than that. It means he was made whole. It means he was restored. It means he was made sound in body, mind, and spirit. It means that he was made true and wise. It's a much more, and I'm not exaggerating this, it's Jesus that says this, not me. I'm only repeating the words of Jesus. It would be wrong of us, in fact, to simply look at this miracle called a sign in John's gospel and say it was a, a power healing. Yes, it was a power healing, but this was a truth encounter. And some of us need, no, all of us need more of a truth encounter than a power encounter. In the worship, we've been having a power encounter. But the other thing that happens in worship is we get a truth encounter. As we sing some of these songs that we're singing, the words set our spirit alight. Isn't that true? When we sing that song, oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. And we go through the death. And he was really dead. The resurrection, the ascension, the return of Jesus. We get a truth encounter and we raise to another level, don't we? And the same is true in this chapter this man was raised from somewhere right down here to a level where he was powerful for God. Hallelujah. May that happen to us. Some of us have been stuck in a wrong way of thinking, a wrong way of viewing life on earth and life in eternity for 38 years or more. It can actually grip us for the whole of our lives where we are an invalid spiritually, emotionally, visionally, mentally, socially. This morning, this morning, 
I believe God wants to raise you to another level and take you into a new mission field, a new area of operation, a new understanding of the Christ that you are in. You are in Christ. And as that truth gets hold of you, you can take authority in every situation that you're in. Now, I know this, this man had a, had a real problem, not just with his body, by the way he spoke to Jesus. He, he, the, way, the word he used to address Jesus, remember, he doesn't know Jesus is God. He doesn't know that at this point. He says it later. I don't know who it was. But actually, he, he actually he speaks to uh, Jesus in a certain way. The word he uses is, well, we might translate it, sir. In other words, he's saying, this person who's in a much more privileged position, this person who's up here somewhere, and I'm down here, this person who has no excuse for serving God, I do. I'm down here. I'm under my stone next to this pool, waiting for, because they believe that an angel would come and disturb the pool, and the first person in the water would be healed. That's what they believed about this uh, pool. And, and, and that's what he was waiting for. And he was really saying, he was seeing other human beings, seeing them um, powerful, hopeful, joyful, fortunate. And seeing himself as powerless, a hopeless case, depressed, unfortunate, unable to do anything. My friend, stop looking at other people. Stop looking at other people in that way. God loves you so much. He saved you with purpose. It's amazing who God will use to do things. Isn't it? And he wants to use you. You don't have to be highly intelligent. You don't have to be physically fit. You don't have to be the most powerful person in this room for God's power to come upon you and for him to use you out there in this world, in the places where we are. God can even use a buffoon like me. I really mean that. Hallelujah. Isn't that a wonderful, wonderful thing? I was down my allotment and... Uh, and um, yeah, I've got an allotment. Yeah, I do occasionally get time to get down. Now, I was down the allotment, and uh, my neighbour, who's 84, got a Zimmer frame, and he, a bag in his Zimmer frame. He stores all his fruit in the, in the Zimmer frame. He comes back with all his produce, you see. And he, he walks like this with his Zimmer frame round his allotment. And he, and he said, oh, Ken, Ken. I said, yes, Sid. He said, Ken, come, come over. I need your help. Uh, I want to get the apples from the top of this tree, but I, I just can't get up there. He's 84. I just can't get up there. And he's got a Zimmer frame. I said, I can manage it. I'm only 63. So I'm on the tree. I get up the tree. I, I love climbing trees, a bit like a monkey. Get up the tree. I'm in the top of the tree. I'm picking off the best apples, and I'm throwing them down. And he's got a net, and he's catching them in the net and putting them in his bag. And then I'm just picking another apple. Just get the apple. I look down. And I can see, I've never seen an 84-year-old disabled person with a Zimmer frame run so fast. He's, he's running. With, I say, hey, Sid, Sid, where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going? Then I hear this voice. Oh, you, what are you doing up my tree? 
followed by, you're the pastor of the Hampton Baptist Church, aren't you? <laughs> oh dear, I'm often found up a tree in the wrong situation having a problem. <laughs> so it doesn't disqualify me. God can use me. And he can use you. I don't know what tree you're up. It's good. I don't know. <laughs> Some of them might know more, but I don't know. Uh, actually, uh, whatever tree you're up, God's not waiting for you to get down before he wants to use you. He wants to use you right now. Whatever situation you're in. I, I love the way when it, says, when it says that Jesus saw him or looked at him, uh, I looked up the word, and what the word means is he stared intently at him. That's rude in any culture, isn't it? <laughs> to stare at uh, an invalid lying by a pool for 38 years. That's pretty rude. But, uh, you know, actually, um, Jesus was doing a scan on his life. He was scanning him, <laughs> if you like. As he scanned him, he saw everything about this man. He saw the whole man. He, just didn't, he didn't just see an invalid. God is scanning you this morning. Starting here. He's going through. He knows you. Right, he's got you right through. There's nothing escapes his notice. And nothing escapes his attention. He knows you. Don't be like this man who invalidated himself right from the first breath. Sir, master, you're on another level to me. I'm here. When he says, I have no one to put me in the pool, it literally means I have no one to throw me into the pool. I'm a complete dependent because of my situation. Others are always before me. They're better than me. They're more privileged than me. They're more able than me. Look at me in this church. I'm just, I'm the bottom of the pile. I come to church because it's like my hospital. Do you know you don't live in hospitals? They get you out as quick as they can. <laughs> they want to throw you out of that hospital as quick as they can get you out of that hospital. Church is not a hospital. We're here to make disciples, transform lives, and raise the spiritual temperature. I'm going to miss that. <laughs> I love the, uh, I love the way this uh, this man obeys Jesus. I love the way this man obeys Jesus. First thing he does is he is he uh, is he rises up. Then he removes his mat. And then he walks straight to the temple to thank God. And um, the, the expression, the description that's used is he, in a sense, what he did, as he left that place, that place was packed. When we get the description in this chapter, it was packed with people waiting for a power encounter. This man got a truth encounter. And what he did is he removed his right to be in that space. 
The moment he left that space, there was 10 people waiting to fill it. There was no way back to that place. He, he actually, he made, that day, he made his excuses invalid. <laughs> Using the same word. He made the excuses invalid, no longer true. They said, no, I can't use that excuse anymore. Actually, I can't stay in that place anymore. I've got to get out of that place. I've got to rise up and follow this man and follow the truth that I've, I've encountered. So you can use the word invalid in several different ways, can't you? You can use it as a noun. This man was an invalid. You can use it as a verb. If you, if you get... a post-traumatic stress, and I've met people with this, actually, living in Grantham. You do get people from the forces. And, um, and, and people with post-traumatic stress are in a, a terrible situation. But it's said that they're invalided out of the army. They're invalided out. Because, actually, um, it, it's, it's a verb. It describes their, their situation. Or, or you can use it as, as, an, as, um, as a descriptive word. You can use it in a way that, well, my, my wife got it when she tried to do her self-assessment on the, on the tax, HMRC. It said, invalid command. <laughs> in red. <laughs> and uh, we can use it in all those ways. And Jesus addressed all those ways of using this word. He addressed the physical disability, which is no hindrance to God, by the way. It's no hindrance to God, physical disability. Can I say that again so you really get it? It is no hindrance to God. I've seen, and you've even, I even see it most weeks, I've seen people who are disabled worship God better than those who are so, say, normal. I've seen them really worship. Right there, that one. Can worship for three hours on the piano, although he can't play a note. <laughs> Just makes it up. And I'm not kidding you. He can sing to God for three hours. And you have to drag him off then. <laughs> Please, come off the piano. <laughs> but uh, so, so disability is no, is no barrier to worshipping God or following God. And I mentioned about Marilyn Baker and Tracy Williamson. Actually, um, Jesus addressed the, the way of thinking too. And Jesus addressed the religious invalidation. Now, I want to talk about that just a little bit. I'm not going to be long, okay, but I want to talk about it just a little bit. Do you know what happens to me? It's just when I'm doing well in God, somebody, and it's not God, reminds me of every failure. I've made. Do you get that? I get it sometimes as I get up to preach. I didn't get it today, but sometimes I do. I get up to preach and think, I just get this thought, who are you to be up there? You thought that thought, you, you said that thing. Remember when you did that in the past? Remember that person you really upset? They've never been back, they've gone. Do you remember that? Do you, do you remember how in, in that argument you said that horrible thing. And we get invalided out of ministry by those thoughts. 
We're invaded like a wave crashing over you. It can be like that. I'm just describing it in reality what it's like for you. It comes crashing over. Who are you? Keep your mouth shut. Your neighbor knows you. Don't tell him anything. Try and keep it under the radar. It's okay witnessing to people you don't know. But witnessing to your neighbor, they might even get saved, and then what's going to happen? Then you're really in trouble. They heard that word you spoke when that thing didn't go well. My neighbor did, actually. Anyway, <laughs> I still went and knocked in his door. <laughs> the enemy wants you to be totally disqualified. He wants to invalidate your ministry. But let me tell you something that's very, very wonderful. Jesus has done everything that's necessary for you to be totally forgiven. Not only forgiven, to be made righteous. And every time you come to him, you're washed by him. You're a new person in him. He has dealt with that past. It cannot be held against you. The accuser of the brethren may come accusing you, accusing you, accusing you. I'm not saying don't change. Of course we need to change. Of course we need to become more like Christ. But if you're like me, you're not perfect yet. And in the process of change, before he comes and we're completely changed, let's not let the enemy disqualify us by reminding us of our past, of our past failures. Now, I'm on this, rise up, remove your mat, and walk, aren't I? That's the message today. Have you got it? That's the message. I want to share some testimony. I don't want to exaggerate it in any way at all. I think I'd have difficulty exaggerating it, actually. But uh, there was a point in my own uh, life, my own ministry, it was in 2007, actually, where um, well, I got myself into a right mess. I'm only sharing this for the glory of God and to help you, whoever you are, to rise up to another level. Take up your bed and walk, minister, do something, live with purpose this year. And, uh, well, I'd messed up a, um, a serious relationship. I was overworking. I have a, you wouldn't believe it, would you? I get intense. <laughs> Over emotional. You wouldn't believe that either, would you? Anyway. Uh, uh, and uh, I was struggling with, uh, with one of my own children. And... Uh, I had a, a, strong, a strong sense of grief for the area that we were living in. We were living in northern Uganda. It was a war zone, um, and, and there was a lot of grief, a lot of death, a lot of loss of life, and, and grief catches up with you. You can't escape it. There's a grief process you have to go through. I got myself into a terrible mess, and I got into a situation where I felt such a failure and such a... Um, that I was messing up at that tree too often. <laughs> and, uh, and my spirit was crushed, and I was confused. And I thought, I'm going to stop being in ministry, forgetting that we're all in ministry. <laughs> we're all in ministry. But uh, uh, I thought, I'm going to give up ministry, and I'm going to go back to teaching. So um, I, I went online, and I filled in the forms online, to send them the next day. I went to bed, 
And in my sleep, I, I know it was from God because I can remember the absolute detail of it today. Um, I had a dream. In the dream, I was in an orchard. Something I love, by the way. And um, I was amongst, as you've discovered, uh, I was amongst fruit trees. I was pruning them, shaping them, um, treating them for disease, um, making sure that they would produce the maximum amount of fruit. And as I was doing that, such a pleasurable thing, it was like a relief in my dream, as you like, um, I met with Jesus in the orchard in my dream. And he said, that's your job. You're to tend people, to release people into fruitfulness, to challenge lethargy, to overcome religiousness in your own life. I'm writing it down as I... I've written it, I want to read this so I don't exaggerate it. To send people all over the world to mobilize people. He spoke to me directly in the dream. And I woke up and I got up. I removed my excuse, <laughs> deleted it from the computer. And despite all the feelings that were against me, started to walk in the direction that God had given me to walk in. He removed my attitude. He stopped me lying on the mat of self-pity and failure and invalidity, disqualifying myself. He helped me to laugh at myself. Isn't that brilliant? To laugh at your own stupidity. <laughs> it's fun. I laugh a lot. <laughs> My friend, I'm not sharing this for me. I'm sharing it for you. I'm almost finished. Get up. Get to another level this year. God wants you on another level. I think I can confidently say that for everybody. He wants more fruit. Here. He, he wants more people and more holiness and more righteousness and more change of society. There's a great vacuum in our society. Have you not noticed? It's absolutely hollow. Just waiting for it to crumble. And yet we have the answers in this room. We have the prayers in this room that has more power than the Houses of Parliament. When we pray, don't go back this year. Go forward. Don't make excuses for yourself this year. Remember the truth of what God's done in your life and who you are in Christ. Don't focus on yourself this year and your inabilities and your stupidity and your failures and your health. Focus on Christ, who has the power to lead, you, to lead you through. The last one, don't be religious 
know about the liberty of the spirit of Christ. Stop comparing yourself with others. Sorry, there was another. Stop comparing yourself with others. Stop it. Can I just say that authoritatively to you now? Stop it. You don't know that person, and you don't know where they're at. Stop comparing yourself with others. Just listen to the call of Christ to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last this year, in this church, in this town, all over the world. Can we stand together? I want you to notice something. Jesus frees people. He freed this person. He freed them physically. He freed them emotionally. He freed them spiritually. He freed them mentally. He sets, he loved setting people free, setting them free everywhere he went. Hallelujah. And he's here today and he wants to set people free. He wants to build this church's sending capacity, not just its seating capacity. Jesus made 11 disciples. That's one of them totally messed up. He didn't build a mega church. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? <laughs> he, he concentrated on making disciples, transforming lives. And through those, he changed the spiritual temperature of the world. Close your eyes, please. Only to take your eyes off other people who you think are better than you. <laughs> and they're not. <laughs> take your eyes off, off them. Get your eyes on Christ. Close your eyes. Are you ready to surrender your life again today? Maybe even the first time. If you've been a Christian 38 years, there could be a message here for you. Are you ready to rise to another level? To remove your excuses? And to walk. Parapateo. Christ this year. Is that you? I'd love to pray for you if that is you. Would you like to join me at the front if that's you? Let's just, in the quietness, just come forward. As we're quiet, we won't try and uh, bring you forward with music for a minute. Let's just, uh, those that are feeling this message has touched their heart today and they're feeling, God, take me off this mat out of excuses. Get me into the action. God, may your truth permeate me today. If that's you, come forward. Have a truth encounter. I want to just pray that truth into you this morning. Hallelujah. 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 If you're feeling rubbish, you're the very person that should be at the front. Because that's, that's who Jesus is going to raise up this morning. I've been amazed in the last five years in this church I'm leading who God has chosen to move into leadership and into ministry. It's not the people you would humanly choose. It's you and people like me. Hallelujah. It's a holy moment. We're on holy ground. God's calling is irrevocable. He's loved you with an everlasting love. 
He is the one who promotes you by the power of his spirit and the work of his cross. May every negative, attacking, condemning, destructive word over your life be broken in Jesus' name. May you just hear those words, come, follow me, rise up, remove your excuses, take your bed away and walk free in Jesus' name. I pray it over you this morning that this year will be a year being set free from what holds you back and ministering, serving on a whole new level. Nothing is impossible for God. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? You're not impossible. Whoever said that to you, that's wrong. You are not impossible. Because nothing is impossible for God. Be washed right now of all those things. Let, let the, the blood of Christ wash you head to toe. Wash you just as he scanned you. Let him wash you. Let him wash out of you all the things that would restrain you. And then this morning, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Move into fruitfulness, the fruit of the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit in Jesus' name and operate on a whole new level, confident in the victory of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen.